listening to Around Comics. I'm Brian Salazar. With me, as always, is Roy Mason. Wait, who the who the hell is Roy Mason? We'll talk about We're, it. We'll talk about Christopher, it. Christopher Neesman. Yeah, my, my partner in crime. He's doing something, but now I mm-hmm. say it about you. He took over the intro. You know, I did. Slimy bastard. Yeah, I got a better voice anyway. Oh, oh, is that where we are? Mm-hmm. Are are you the fo- are you the phone message voice for your company? Uh, no, you are. Wow, I no, am now. You do everything, <laughs> man. Of yeah, it's uh, no. They know that I have a microphone, and uh, they're like, "So, can you record the phone system?" It's pretty much all you need. Yep. To, uh, yep. That's it. You know, archery very well. Hi, how you doing, sir? Look who's here. Oh. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. It's Tom. I'm cold. Hey, what's up? What's up? Yes. Hi, Republic. Are you high, man? You high? Hey, you man. High? It's legal in Illinois. Right. It is. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I like guys- that these things are now I feel like I'm in a Watchmen comic book. It's like a, just like a goofy cigarette thing that lights up on the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the future is here, my friend. Future yeah. is here. I still want to, I'll, I'll, almost, just, I'll just watch you guys from Wisconsin mm-hmm. with jealousy in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, as, as Sal mentioned, it's like negative three degrees right now. It is cold out. It we is. keep getting like an inch of snow every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty welcome, welcome to the upper Midwest. Pretty annoying. Right. Um, hey, before uh, we get too far, I do want to say, uh, you know, while this is obviously our free. Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning uh, around comics episode. We do have a ton of bonus content on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash around comics. Please go there. Check it out. We got a We got a new Tom versus the freedom fighters just came out. We have biggest news uh, of 2021, the biggest news of 2021. Absolutely. Um, we have uh, future stacks. We have uh ACTV One Division After Hour Show. We have uh, interviews, thirty minutes with interviews. Yeah. This is doing so tons we, and tons yeah. of new content. On we can even mention this. Um, you you talked about um, uh, Space Bastards, and uh, we confirmed we're going to have uh, Eric Peterson, Joe Aubrey, and uh, Derek Robertson. They're going to have a little little chit chatty with me here. On, this, on. Yes. So that should be out next week. And yeah, uh, yeah. fan of that book. Yep. Like, yeah, I sound okay. Can you yeah, hear you me? I'm fine. Okay, just making sure. Sal reset up his technical setup. He's, mm-hmm. he's oh. like winches and gimbals, and I got shit hanging from the ceiling. I got a chair over here, swing a swing, some sort of swing. Over yeah. here. Boom, boom mic. <laughs> I got multiple boom mics. I have a yeah ring light. If I need, I got a ring light here. You know. For my, you know, to clear up my skin a little bit. Does that look better? Do I give, does that give me a little? You look, you look pregnant now. You're glowing. A little pop. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Also, uh, as always, you can contact us at info@aroundcomics.com or on uh, where Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok. We're on TikTok uh, now. We do have a TikTok. Uh, Tom is going to be inventing an around comics TikTok dance mm-hmm. at some point this year. Yeah. It's going to go viral. <laughs> it's going to go very viral. Yeah. I actually, so Tom, do you watch or do you follow Charlie Barron's on uh, TikTok? I don't. Or, or on anything else? Do you know Charlie? I do. Barron? I'm not on. I don't yeah. follow anything on TikTok. He is I got the, too uh, much social media in my life. Oh yeah, I understand. I I, I did it basically because I was just screwing around with the Around mm-hmm. Comics account. Uh, uh, Charlie Barnes does the um, 
uh, Manitowoc Minute. And it's very, very Every time we have an episode, we have to talk about Wisconsin and so on. Just because you fucking move there. It's very funny, Sal. Talking about fucking. It's very funny. Now you moved to fucking. And then it was St. Louis for some reason. You never stopped talking about there. I talk talk what I know about Wisconsin. I talk what I know. (laughs) <laughs> which unfortunately is some comics, which mm-hmm. we should probably jump into. I think this is just kind of, uh, I don't know if we have a whole lot planned. It's just going to be a little bit of what we was reading wild here. This wild, it's wild card weekend. Um, Tom, um, I'm actually really interested in what you uh, read this week. I want to get your, your thoughts and insight. Once you, once you lead us off. Sure. I wanted to talk about one thing and one thing only. Nice. <laughs> Uh, that was the Star Wars The High Republic from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, though it is confusing because there's another comic called Star Wars The High, Re- the High Republic Adventures from IDW. Yeah. Which, I was to, which is it's kind of confusing. Um, both from the fact that the names are so... They take place, obviously, in the same universe, but it's a little strange that they wouldn't separate those names out a tad yeah. more. I'm looking at you, Lucasfilm creative directors. You gotta give your stuff better names. The High Republic all takes place like before anything that we have we've seen. It's before the prequels. It's right. It's the the High Republic. Yeah, and it's like it's like a multi. There's like uh, novels and graphic novels, and like it's this whole Lucasfilm led creative endeavors or fill you know create a bunch of stories right and i mean i think though i have no evidence of this i imagine the success of the mandalorian has convinced them of the worth of doing these sort of things of like making new characters and Mm -hmm. trying to uh you know elaborate upon other things happening in the universe. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because there's a series coming out from IDW. There's a series coming out from Marvel. It's all sort of under the same, you know, uh, there's Lucasfilm involvement in all of it. So it's very like, uh, it's very thought out, you know, it's not like a licensed thing where it's like, here, you bought this license, uh, do something and you know like we'll split the money you know like there's obviously some sort of forethought they, they, to they, it. Keep, they keep things in canon pretty yeah pretty tight yeah so, yeah uh you know it's uh i'm looking at the cuts here it's written by uh, i'm gonna mispronounce these names uh kevin kevin scott ario and oh man and in mark morales is the inker uh it's Pretty good. I, you know, I'm sort of having a renaissance with my own Star Wars fanhood, both from the fact that my son is very into Star Wars now. So I've rewatched all the Star Wars movies with him, you know, and he's got the childlike enthusiasm uh, to not be bored by any of them, <laughs> even though sometimes some of them are pretty boring. He doesn't seem to care. So he. <laughs> He watches it with the same enthusiasm, you know, and the the fact that the, you know, Mandalorian was such a success and kind of showed like you could do, you don't have to have Darth Vader in it uh, to make it work. You know, you, you can certainly have characters people know about, but it doesn't have to center around them and you can tell interesting stories and you can sprinkle that stuff in and, you know, all the stuff, you know, John Favreau constantly kicking off new universes you know every 10 years uh it's uh really yeah it's like kind of scratches my uh comic book universe itch you know like i uh being the properly jaded superhero fan you know i find it hard to (laughs) care that much about what happens in marvel or dc most of the time now just because Mm -hmm. once you've gone around the bend a few times you're just sort of like meh okay whatever you know yeah i don't really care what's happening in the marvel universe per se so it kind of a weird way you know and i was never much of a extended universe person as far as star wars goes when i was a kid because it always just kind of felt like i didn't really 
want to know more about like what Chewbacca was up to afterwards, you know, like it always felt very secondary and very like you didn't want to know about the the inner workings of the Jedi Council. Yeah, it just it all felt very like licensed comicsy to you know not to be uh, I guess you know people worked very hard on it and got paid for it, but um, <laughs> but uh, you know it just never felt that necessary. It just kind of felt like yeah, that's like extra stuff. Maybe I'd read something here or there. So, you know, I found myself very drawn to like when they sort of announced that this was happening, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I might check some of these out just because I'm kind of going through my own, like I said, renaissance of Star Wars fandom. Yeah, it follows a group of Jedi, you know, before the prequels, you know, it's not involved with the Sith. It's not like part of any sort of like Skywalker saga type thing is its sort of own story with new characters and uh it was pretty good it scratched you know like that i'm like oh i want to see what else is happening in this universe when i read this you know there's nothing you know like it's not reinventing the wheel it's pretty much like rookie cop trying to get their (laughs) bearings straight you know just like mandalorian is you know jaded warrior uh protecting child you know like like most good Star Wars things, the star the story itself is not an overly complicated thing to understand. Uh, just done very well in just sort of like an interesting way. And seeing, you know, the main star of it is somebody who uh, she's just become a Jedi and she's not totally confident in what she's doing. And like, it's interesting to see that all the Jedi in the book all have different personalities, you know, like, I guess if you have a critic, you know, one of the many criticisms of the prequels was hard to tell that some of the Jedi apart from each other, because they all were sort of suffering from Gardner Fox syndrome. Yeah. They're all the same character. They're all the same character. You could just switch the bubbles around, you know, with a few exceptions, most of those characters were sort of interchangeable almost all the time. Um, you know, though I think the Clone Wars cartoon did a pretty good job of kind of showing different personalities and that different Jedi have different approaches to their job. It's not necessarily like a monolithic approach to what they do. Um, so this comic kind of continued that, you know, idea of, you know, here's a Jedi who isn't totally sure of what she's doing you know she's trying to do the right thing the whole time her master is somebody who's suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome from something that happened to him and he is not able to just sort of uh detach himself for something from something bad that's happened and it still bothers him and the jedi just seem very like alive and like real people and sort of interesting um you know, a uh, uh, combination of characters in that sense, you know, and it takes place in the outer rim and it's got like sort of almost like a, uh, like a little bit of deep space nine inspiration to it as well as it takes place on a, like a space station out in the frontier. That's like the, uh, the base where the Jedi are working from there. So it's like a very, you know, I've seen a lot of these components before, but they're kind yeah. of put together in a pretty interesting that- way. Are the Jedi kind of like Green Lanterns at this? Are they kind of like viewed as like the top cops in the universe? Nah, I mean, say, I, you know, nah, I mean, they kind of just treat it like I, I to be honest, I don't know. They haven't done enough stories yet to figure out exactly how people oh, that's fine. look at them. But I mean, design wise and everything, it's pretty cool to like see, you know, the art does a really good job of like it makes them almost feel more not medieval-ish, but it doesn't feel like the modern Jedi that we see in the Star Wars books. And yeah, it was, I was like, oh, I'll keep reading this. This kind of scratches that comic book universe itch I have. Nice. It's, I felt the same way whenever I was reading the uh, uh, the Charles uh, Soul Darth Vader books. I was like, yeah, this is really fun. I enjoy the And these are good comics. You know, I thought that Jason Aaron and Star Wars you know, relaunch was good. I even like some of the, you know, some of the Kieran Gillen stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, it's actually a really nice time for star Wars comics and it has been for a while. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say for star Wars fans in general, it's well, sure. Yeah. 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 So much cool stuff. Actually comic book fans in general too. I, I don't know that there's a, uh, like 
more comic book related shit you could possibly. It's, oh, it's too much. Can't keep it's, up with it. it's, 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 it's. I literally. So I have a TV by my desk now, and I just want to have like mindless things on in the background. So I put on uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and I can barely pay attention to it and get most of the story. Yeah, I uh, I was I watched the other day uh, Batman uh, Soul of the Dragon. It's a uh, who's that good? Mid film. It's set in the seventies. It's very, you know, James Bondish, but it's uh, Richard Dragon, and then you also get uh, Bronze Tigers in it, and um, like a few other few other characters are in it, and then Batman. Is that uh, on the Max? Yeah, and um, it was good. It was nothing. I mean, special or like you know, I probably would never watch it again. It wasn't something like I was just like, oh, this is amazing, but. It was fun that it was like, oh, a 70s, you know, movie, kung fu, uh, you know, you know, uh, sort of, um, uh, God, what's the word? Uh, uh, Spy, you know, thriller. Espionage. Yeah, 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 espionage cartoons. Like, okay, yeah, I can spend a couple hours on this. Do you ever have a shirtless Batman? Uh, I don't remember. You had, you definitely have shirtless Richard Dragon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Um, which my son is like, why would why would anyone name him Dick Dragon? That's that's terrible. It's Richard Dragon. Calls <laughs> him uh, Dick Dragon twice. <laughs> and, um, it was funny watching that though. I kept thinking about uh Johnny Woo and how Johnny Woo the guy who plays Johnny Woo and. You know, it's like Richard Dragon's kind of another. Uh, uh, what's hmm. the other uh, Johnny Wu character? I, or it's Johnny Wu. Um, that kind of like espionage, you know, kung fu dude from that era. But it was it was fun. It was fun just to kind of like you know eh, not care that much about it, but at the same time, just like be like, oh, the the, the kung fu was very good. The fight scenes were excellent. Nice in it. Yeah. So yeah. Was, well, they better was, be because that's kind of. That's it's kind of what, yeah, it was, what it was there for. Yeah, and then I, I wish I could tell you the name of the villain. Uh, there were a bunch of villains, but the 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 one guy, it was all snake related. But I okay. don't know who they so were. Like I'm Cobra? just not. Wasn't Cobra? Could have been. Could have been Cobra. I don't know. I don't. I don't know those. For some reason, I don't know the DC snake villains like I know the Marvel snake villains. Anaconda. Serpent, Serpent Society. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but it was it, it was yeah, it was pretty cool. I dug it. Nice, very cool. Um, I got one that I think at least Sal read. Did you read uh, Chained Coffin number one or Chain? Oh, I'm sorry, not Chain Coffin. That was one of our trade talks. Uh, Chain well, to the Grave. I read about half of it. Okay, I can. I, I said this is nonsense, and I put it away. <laughs> it is, it is ridiculous, um, but really pretty to look at. Very pretty to look at, and yeah. and if you're into like really just weird nonsensical stories, you know, yeah. like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Just sort of like it's wacky. It's wacky. It's wacky and weird. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like it's 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 it. I, I didn't get it really so much. It just it felt like a. It I think like, it kind of, can, go back read it because I think the I think the the conclusion of the first issue is pretty good. It, so. it remind it felt to me like a Devo song. That's what it felt like. <laughs> oh, this, you know, this is kind of cool, yeah. but I don't fucking know what they're singing about. I don't understand. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's well, I mean, the, the, the setup is that is that there is a um, uh, old Westy uh, kind of black hat guy, a criminal named Roy Mason, um, who, um, yeah, so that's the Roy Mason thing, um, who at the beginning of this um, is uh, brought back from the dead and and comes out of his grave, which he is uh, 
by the looks of it, unfortunately chained to uh, his headstone. And you find out that uh, it's his it's his wife who has who has um, made a deal with some witch to to resurrect him. And so it's it's not grasp any of this. Maybe I was just I don't know. You're sleepy, maybe. Maybe you're telling me what you're telling me sounds good. Like now yeah. I want to go back and read it. Yeah. It's so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's him, it's him and his, his family, uh, basically welcoming him back. And, Oh, by the way, this is, it, it's a really vibrant, pretty, uh, interiors you would expect, which is, this is basically a zombie. Oh, it's a zombie Western story. So, I mean, that's your, that's your, that's your quick pitch. It's a zombie Western story. Um, but the the color palette that uh, that the artist and it's um, Kate Sharon uh, or Sharon, I think it's Sharon probably uh, is uh, the only credited uh, artist and uh, Micah Myers on letters. But uh, I would think with like a zombie Western, you would go with a really muted palette and a lot of earth tones. And this thing, it's it's almost neon in some of the coloring. It is it is like super cartoony, bright, and and just it's kind of bonkers looking. Um, and fits a, a very, you know, I don't want to say it, it sounds terrible saying like a Nickelodeon art style, but I mean the art style it 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 has like that, you know, like crazy cartoony style to it. Um, I thought it was beautiful. And the story, yeah, it's, it's a little wandering and you're trying to figure out, you know, like who the real bad guy is, what is really going on. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was one of the things I actually enjoyed, uh, reading this week. Cause I had no idea what it was coming into it. It was kind of on your, your future stacks. I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'll circle that and, and pick it up if it's at the comic shop. And it was, and uh, yeah, it's just a, a fun, weird, wacky. Western. Hmm? It, is, it is beautiful. It does have a cartoony look like there's a, a, um, a little bit of like Crip Falusi who did uh, Ren and Stimpy. There's a little was, Ren and Stimpy yeah. into it. Oh, yeah, there's uh, a little little Ren and Stimpy in there, a little, you know, SpongeBob, but it's not all, but it's also a zombie story. So there's like some weirdo gruesome, almost, almost like, you know, if like Mignola was trying to draw a kid's comic. <laughs> that's a you good, that's very good uh, way to say it. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to go back and read it seriously this time. I, yeah. I, like I did, I started reading it and I'm just like, well, it looks really pretty, but this makes no sense. And I just, I stopped about halfway through. I'm like, ah. I don't yeah. can't understand this damn story. <laughs> I'm not smart enough for this goddamn kids. <laughs> Put on the Richard Dragon cartoon. Yeah. Put and I don't know. I don't know if it's meant to be smart. I think it's just it's just kind of no. yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, almost like pop art comics. I'm just dumb. No, you're not dumb. I'm dumb. God yeah. damn it. But yeah, that 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 got the that got the I will buy the next issue um, seal of approval. Maybe I'll wait for the trade. That's At the end of the issue. Chris said out loud, "I'm going I'm to get boring. the." <laughs> That's it. I'm getting the next one. Uh, well, there were ah. there were two there were two other books I bought this week that I did not have that answer for. <laughs> yeah, I uh. Well, we talk about Space Bastards already, um, but I read the second issue. They actually sent us a preview um, of the second issue, and uh, I I really like this book. It's just, it's the right kind of wacky silliness that I kind of uh, want right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, um, it's kind of irreverent and just... Uh, you know, out of control and terrible characters who are awful and treat people awfully and monstrous. And, and it's exactly what I want right now. I just, I just want something that is just wants to read about horrible guy. Yeah. Horrible people. Mm -hmm. It, It opens up with a dude on a toilet, you know, trying to figure out how his company is failing and uh uh at an, in an indian reservation casino um 
it's a fucking lunatic. Nobody nobody can bankrupt a casino. You'd have to be the stupidest (laughs) piece of shit in the world to do that. I don't don't think he he might own the casino. I don't know. Mm. Uh, But well, what I was going to say, though, what I really liked about this particular issue was basically it's an origin story for the company, for who the space bastards are and where they came from. And I like that they did this in the second issue. The first issue is all action and like you're thrown into it uh, and you meet some of the characters, but you don't really understand what's going on so much, but you can pick it up. It's not that difficult. And it's about this, you know, intergalactic mail delivery system where you basically hire mercenaries to deliver mail to different planets because it's super dangerous because of space pirates. So you get these really badass dudes who get paid really well to make these deliveries because it's extremely expensive to do. But why that, why is that like exist is sort of you're left asking that question at the first issue. Second issue answers all that. And you meet the guy who sort of fell into the business and it was a failing business in debt uh, because nobody was making actual intergalactic space deliveries. They were just, doing local ones on planet earth because it was too dangerous because of all the space pirates. And he figured out a way to kind of get around that and go, well, I'm going to just hire the worst human beings on the planet that have no qualms about killing. And I'm going to hide them from the cops essentially. So they can go and fucking do whatever they want to do and get paid ridiculous amounts of money to make these deliveries and they can kill as many space pirates as they want. So we learn all that sort of in the, and we, you learn the progression of this character uh, who owns the place and, and you get to meet, you know, like his introduction to the first space bastard who is, who is the, the guy Manicorn from the first issue. Um, and also just his background and how it all came about. But at the same time, it's, it's very, I mean, this, not to give it too high a praise because it's certainly to this point, point i would not say that it it, you know it even has the potential to be like the another comic that i'm going to mention but it has a feel of like preacher to Mm -hmm. me a little bit it's just a little bit of it where it's just like everybody's kind of a piece of shit everybody's horrible even though they're maybe they're trying to be redeemable um and and but like i said this doesn't it might have that potential to to become sort of as big of a book or as as deep of a his preacher but i don't know that this will ever ever get to that point maybe i I don't i don't honestly think it will uh but nonetheless it's very fun and just you know like yeah you know kind of ridiculous violence and another Derek robertson book that you know the boys it's got a little boys yeah it's irreverence it's just you know uh, wackiness and craziness and and nobody giving a shit it's just a bunch of people that don't give a shit and they're basically criminals in space and and yeah and and shitty managers and shitty ceos and (laughs) shitty people it's just a book of of shitty people but uh but i like it a lot so yeah that that was my uh my pick for this week for sure did you speaking of where it's a Derek robertson love fest apparently did you finish this i did not i didn't i We'll, I, say, we'll save it. We'll save it because I want to get your thoughts on it. I, okay. It's 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 the third and final issue of uh, um, Hellblazer: Rise and Fall. Um, it finished strong, like you would expect it to, because it's been it's been a really good Constantine story um, throughout. So yeah, I look forward to talking you uh, uh, talking with you about that next week. But, yeah. If there was a fourth issue, you'd get it. If there was a fourth issue, I would purchase that. Tom. Oh, yeah. that Someone should be- do that. They should announce it's like a three issue mini series and then be like, oh, here's number four. <laughs> we just pull a, uh, um, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the extra issue. But yeah. The books by, I'm doing an old man thing right now where I can't remember. <laughs> Here's the title one. of the book. <laughs> Nor can I remember Game of Thrones the author of the book. No, this is somebody who finished what they were doing. Oh, and then uh, the restaurant at the end of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, I mean, I mean, a, yes, yeah. where it was a 
trilogy and ends up being like five books. Yeah, the five the five book trilogy, which is a very Douglas things to do. Yes. Um, I was going to read that book. The the not well, I did read Hitchhiker's Guide, but no, the Rise and Fall of Constant uh Hellboy. But I was too busy reading issue one of the Freedom Fighters. And listen to Tom. Old, hastily thought out freedom fighters. It is so good, though. I have to. I have to compliment you, Tom. I, I don't know that I would ever listen to anyone else talk about a single issue of a comic book, but you always make me think of things in such a different way. Like, like. The way that you go through it, it just, uh, you have such a unique perspective on it and have fun with it the whole time, Where I, where, which I think is the key that you ha- you enjoy it, even though it's ridiculous or maybe because it is. Fun City is a thing people called New York City in the 70s, ironically. Ironically, they called it. It was a like, fun city. It was, yes. It was, uh, I was digging around about that and I felt like, no one has called it that since then, but it was like the mayor at the time called it fun city and people latched onto it ironically because New York say, was not fun city in the seventies. <laughs> no, kind of, kind of like when daily called Chicago, the Paris of the West. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of remember like a sign or something. Welcome to fun city or something like that. Seeing that uh, in one of the many, um, maybe yeah. uh, documentaries made about how everyone loved New York in the fucking seventies, and and yet you know they miss the you know the horrible fucking drug you know riddled and <laughs> Times Square, shop, Times Square. Yeah. Now like, that's hey, Times Square, baby. Yeah, that's what everybody says now, and it's just like no, it was a it was a fucking pit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Jesus, nobody fucking liked it. They find somewhere in between for Times Square. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I can understand, you know, a certain amount of yeah. uh, dirt. You know, it's really yeah. funny to go from one extreme of I won't go there to the opposite. Also, I won't go there. There needs to be an equal. It's like now it's just like oh god, it's like a. There needs to be an equal number of hookers to people dressed up like Elmo. It's like oh yeah, with this so uh, such a, a complete transformation. Also, still won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Place. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I I haven't read those Freedom Fighters issues in a very long time, <laughs> and they are you know they're they're funny because the Freedom Fighters are just like it's weird, like they're <laughs> not like really a team. Like DC just threw them together. You know, they were all, you know, they were um, Uncle Sam, you know, not the iconic, you know, the poster character Uncle Sam, but uh, Will Eisner did the comic version of Uncle Sam. You know, like there's all these, there are all these like just weird random characters that DC on that they threw together and do a team. (laughs) Now, that's almost a, a better story. Of the, if, I want to see like a modern day freedom fighters where all these, all these heroes are thrown together only because somehow they relate to like patriotism. <laughs> yeah, they have, yeah, but they all have a different idea of what patriotism is. Oh, what patriotism is, you know, it's like I guess we got, we got Uncle Sam, we got this doll man. I guess we can put him in there. I guess I don't know. The human bomb. The human bomb. The human, human bomb. It's a great character. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, what does he do? He explodes. It just explodes when he touches things. It's uh, he misses stuff. He misses the bad guy and hits a light post. Yeah, he's constantly never hitting the thing. <laughs> it's like a stormtrooper in Star Wars. Like, yeah. Terrible aim, dangerous power to have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't. It's funny to think about like how um, creatively mercenary that is to be like we own these characters. I just like fucking toss them together. I don't know. Put them on Earth X with a bunch of Nazis. <laughs> do do they not? still do that basically to keep the 
copyright going for some characters where they have to like bring them out of storage every once in a while or they lose the rights to them is that is that a thing I think that's why you would do a 15 issue series yeah. of it i mean you might publish a story in an annual or something about the character yeah but i don't think I don't know that that comes up that much. I think with that, it's more just like, hey, we want another book on the shelves. Yeah. What do we got left? Take, What's take left over? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to, you know, I don't, in the 70s, I don't know what, you know, I'm trying to think of what the market looked like. It's a bicentennial. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was 1976. America. Uh, that was probably so more it. than anything. Yeah. yeah. We gotta get we gotta get ourselves a bicentennial comic out yeah. there. What do we got? I bet you that's really what it is. Uncle yeah. Sam. Okay. Uncle Sam by himself doesn't work. What else? We got Doll Man. <laughs> I mean, they had appeared previously in uh, the JLA. You know, that was how they were reintroduced. Was you know they lived on Earth X, but. Without doing any research, I bet it was like, let's give the Freedom Fighters a book. Absolutely. Bicentennial. Because it was 1976, this bicentennial. And uh, yeah, I'm sure the country was. I can remember I had a bicentennial plate for some reason when I was a kid. Because it went nuts for that. I was like five years old. Why would I (laughs) I have a collector's plate? 200 years, baby. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Give me that Uncle Sam comic. Yeah. Speaking of weird long reads, I uh, am partly for our AC TV stuff. Um, I started uh, probably reading for the first time in 30 something years the uh, uh, Wanda uh, and the Vision limited series or Vision and the Scarlet Witch, which I forgot was a 12 issue limited series Woo-hoo, a long one baby <laughs> yeah so oh, is it, is it well uh, it's steve Englehart, so you know for the time it's it's fine um but yeah it's uh it, it's rolling out mar all of marvel's like c and d list villains and and that kind of stuff so it's uh but I, it's it's oddly similar to wandavision it's it's wanda and vision moving into a suburban house and her conjuring up twins um uh, oh really it's i, I don't remember it's i mean WandaVision. It's I, WandaVision. Seen it. mm-hmm. I mean i know i've read it i know i read yeah. it back in the day yeah. but one uh, of the featured villains is grim reaper so that's part of the foreshadowing uh-huh. so yeah there's a lot i think in between the vision <laughs> It's 12 yeah. issues plus plus an issue of uh west coast avengers is uh slammed in there uh but yeah i think between the vision and scarlet witch miniseries and then tom king's vision uh series i think those like 24 25 issues were kind of the basis for wandavision so maybe we'll talk about that this week um i can to- honestly say the Howl, vision, I think his last name was. The Vision is one of those characters that I do not care. I have zero feeling about the Vision <laughs> at all. I'm always just like, ah, oh, it's the Vision. <laughs> yeah, I had actually totally forgotten because he runs down in this exposition-laden um, uh, explanation of his origin. I forgot that the body that the Vision ends up being using or becoming uh was the original human torch and i don't know if that was retconned in at some point but uh yeah he was the 1940s uh uh i thought he was ultron i thought he was ultron no ultron ultron created vision oh that's right um his the 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 brain waves or whatever that Ultron implanted into the body of the Human Torch, were, uh, they were Simon Williams. It was a uh, Wonder Man. Yeah, Simon yeah. Williams. There's, I, mean, I think, the Avengers movies are the closest I've ever come to caring. Yes, about the mission. 
that good. Probably. I'm just like, okay, I, maybe I can see myself perhaps caring. It's the best depiction of Vision, in my opinion. There's a, so. uh, there's a Scarlet Witch series from um, uh, uh, James Robinson on Hoopla that I keep meaning to, to read. I just haven't gotten around. called Witch's when Road. When did he do that? Uh, this wonder. Uh, 19, uh, 2016, it looks like 2000, okay. but it's yeah. got um, a bunch of different artists on it, including Steve Dillon, does a part. Oh. Yeah, Vanessa Del Rey, Marco Rudy, Steve Dillon, Chris Visions, Javier Pulido. Um, Chris Visions, they just had to throw him in. Yeah, right. You know, uh, but I haven't actually read it, so I don't know. I don't know if it's any good. I did read this. Ooh, man, Ooh, man, bat number one. And bat number one. Are you going to uh, buy uh, number two? I think I will. Okay, um, cool. I, I, yeah. Oh, all the preview pages are in here. Oh, well, I guess we could just get to see this. Um, I really liked it. I, you know, man, bat's one of those kind of silly characters. To <laughs> some degree. Um, you know, and, and he's even kind of silly in this. It's some, it's, it's when, Langston becomes man bat and then man bat is sort of narrating his own, you know, mm. action. He, he's a little silly. He's a little, you know, he's kind of dumb. Man bat's a little dumb. Always. Uh, man bat's yeah. always <laughs> just fucking dumb as shit. Yeah. Uh, he's just very animalistic. And, uh, you know, in this one though, I guess, couple of things that change from your typical man bat story is that his his ever loving wife who is always sort of you know you always seen her kind of stand by him um no matter what and and kind of always be there for him she finally has had enough because stand by uh, your man bat yeah, yeah. For a while. <laughs> but she's had enough and so she leaves him which kind of uh, you know, spurs him on to you know uh, take the 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 man bat juice or whatever the hell the formula the man bat juice <laughs> the man bat juice <laughs> oh, I drink the man bat juice oh shit I'm <laughs> drinking the man bat but uh, you get a lot of Batman in it as well um, and you, and uh, Batman has found out that um. Langstrom has actually at this point he has affected his own DNA because he's taken so much of the formula and um, he is going to slowly turn into man bat pers- uh, uh, permanently. He is, is so if genetically like he's actually changing his DNA and he's eventually he is going to be he's a man bat. Yeah, he will be man bat. And so that's sort of the, this story is kind of kicks off with I think it's a five issue or six issues. And so it's just like, okay, how, how does he get out of this one? How does he not turn into man bat permanently? But um, I think it's going to be a murderous meltdown. Could be, could be, uh, you know, well, they, it, it, it does. It begins here. <laughs> it does. It murderous I think he meltdown. will just become man bat. You think he will be? And no more, yeah. no more Robert. Is it Robert Langstrom? Everyone uh, just wants that. Maybe my favorite part of the issue was the point where uh, there's, you know, it's sort of that typical Batman esque. You've seen it in comics and films where like there's some criminals doing some criminal shit. And then they're like, we got to hurry up because he's going to be here soon. If we don't, you know, stop screwing around, he's going to show up. And then this, you know, bat uh, shadow hits them and they're like, Oh shit, he's here. It's Batman. And then, Man bat. It was actually man bat, and he says, "No, it's man bat." <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got that. You know, you, you how do you play it? You can't play man bat. I don't too think. Straight. Yeah, too straight. No. So there's a little goofiness to it, but I kind of liked it. It was fun. It was art is great. The art very good. Very. Was it? Uh, something Kumara. It doesn't. Uh, let's see. Let's see. If I can uh, pull it up here. Uh, yeah, I almost picked it up, but yeah, DC's kind of killing me a little bit with all the number ones. It's, uh, I haven't, I, Tom talked a little bit about future state, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm no hard pass. Summit or, or Sumit, S U M I T, Kumar, Summit Kumar. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not familiar with him. 
but yeah, the art was was very good. Uh, it it it. I thought it like crossed the line really well, held the line really well between like a classic style and a newer style. You know what I mean? Like it's because yeah. it, it, I think it worked well for this story of it being a little classic looking because mm-hmm. he's such a throwback kind of character. But um, yeah, it was really good. It was, I mean, the art was excellent and it was, it was fun. I mean, if you're a man bat fan, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And if you're not, well, you just should rethink your life. I think <laughs> nice. I always have a soft spot for a series about like Batman's bad guys where I don't always love the Batman series themselves sometimes as much as like I, I like Man Bat with Batman showing up. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, That's exactly what this is. This is yeah. Man Bat. I've seen a lot. I've read a lot of Batman. You know, I've read, you know, I've gotten my fill of Batman stories over the years. So it's always a little bit fun to have one of these, you know, have a man bat story where Batman pops in for a little bit, you know, pops back out. It's good enough for the Batman. You get the Gotham thing you get. uh, But it was, yeah, more about man bat than Batman. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's the it's the it's the title character. It seems like they're doing. I think I think DC is trying to like find their next Harley Quinn or something. Like they're they're going out. Let's dig around, take all these villains, and turn them into sort of sympathetic. I don't think it's going to be Man Bat. (laughs) I would love it, Man Bat. (laughs) (laughs) We should just see Man Bat everywhere, like Uh, tween kids, you know, going to Man Bat cuss. You're just like a bat. I'm just like man bat. Man bat, dude. What, what's wrong with yeah. you? What's wrong? What don't you understand? Man bat TikTok dance. Man bat cartoon. Man bat challenge. The man. <laughs> just dumb man bat running into a wall. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that would be better for everyone. There were some. There was a couple funny man bat uh, stories in those hundred page uh, giant issues that came out here in the past year or so. That's uh, and it was. I have my recollection is is not having man bat, you know, played for laughs. Apparently, I just haven't read a whole lot of of man bat comics. No, don't get me wrong. I don't. It's not a but. but, but but the short the short story was absolutely being played oh, for laughs. Oh, oh yeah, okay. absolutely. That's because yeah. he's like he's just the idea of it's just goofy. Yeah, it's yeah. like he's a giant. Oh, you know who Batman needs? He needs a man bat to fight. You know, and it's like it's a very seventies character, there, man. There was a, extremely yeah, like a little horror. Yes, it's know, like, like, Neil, like Neil Adams just wanted to draw a man bat. Yeah. There is another really like line that I enjoyed uh, when Man Bat's flying around the city, and all of a sudden he sees Batman, and he's just like imposter. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty awesome. I kind of love that. That's hilarious. (laughs) He's just he looks at Batman with contempt, Uh, and he and he's and he basically says like I think he says something around the lines of like he mocks me with that terrible costume (laughs) i'm like that's awesome this is how you write a man bad book yeah yeah that's how i yeah maybe he will be the next harley quinn that's awesome love it uh do we have time for uh for any more i know that we have probably or uh i don't want to if we have like any emails or listener feedback or any of that so we Um, I i had some and I don't know what I did with it. I had some uh, listener feedback. Printed it out. Lost well, it. I, I no. It was actually screenshots from like Instagram and oh. our Instagram page and our Facebook page. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll screenshot these and save them for later. And uh, I don't know where I put. I'm I'm really having an old man moment <laughs> where I don't honestly know where, where I put get lost. <laughs> You'll find them right after right after we're done with the show. Probably. Old men in their own show get lost talking about it. terrible. It's terrible. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. 
Um, I do. Oh, wait, I do have one here. I don't know. This one's kind of a long one, but uh, this goes back to episode 336. This was a comment someone left on Instagram. Okay. It's uh, a, a the screen name is Mbop. And I, apparently this is the episode, one of the episodes where I shit on the Beach Boys. And oh, no. I also shit on the Beach Boys. So he says, uh, OMG, Sal, meh on pet sounds. How dare you? People all over the world know at least one Beach Boys song. That alone gives them a place in history. I replied to him. And I said, oh. I didn't I said I didn't say they weren't catchy songs. I just think they were only so popular in part because they were clean cut white guys. I still think Pet Sounds is lame. <laughs> and he replied to me, uh, uh, LMAO, fair enough. I'm a fish head, so there's that. Uh, oh, and I, I'd recommend the trilogy of vampire books by Christopher Moore. Um, yes. yes. Scene or something like that. Kind of spoofy like uh, that what we do FX show, uh, what we do in the shadows. Um, I personally think more is super overrated as far as that goes, like a poor man's Hunter S. Thompson or Kurt Vonnegut, but I will never not agree that Brian Wilson is a goddamn genius and not the loose version of the term everyone throws around. There would be no Sergeant Peppers without pet sounds. Oh, and lastly, I agree with everything you said about the boys. It's not great after the gimmick wears thin. Sorry for the long diatribe. I just listened to the podcast, and this is my only social media these days. LOL. So, okay. We have that. You know, I, think, I think the Beatles were recording Sgt. Pepper's when Pet Sounds came out. So, I don't know. They're, they're, they're all overrated. They're, they're, you know, come on. Whatever. I'm not, not going to get into this argument with you guys again. <laughs> Circus music bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. <laughs> what the fuck are these? But yes, check, check, check out the Christopher Moore uh, uh, vampire. Is it a vampire trilogy? I don't know. I like I like the Christopher Moore books. They're they're a lot of fun. I just did uh just read his uh, uh, Shakespeare um, spoofs, which were pretty funny. I have not read his books. I will I will. Blood, blood sucking fiends is really good. Um, the one uh, book. it takes me eight months to get through a book. Yeah, yeah. It's I have enough. I have enough driving that I just do um, audiobooks now. You read while you drive. I read and text. Absolutely. Um, Tesla? Huh? You have a Tesla? You could do it in that. No. Yeah. No, I do not. I have a I have a Jeep Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> and that is and it's used. Uh last last book I wanted to mention real quick. I won't go real super in depth with it, but it's um Fear Case by by Matt Kent and um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Tyler Jenkins, uh, Hillary Jenkins on on art and um, yeah, the art is um, certainly uh, a reason to buy it. I think it's uh, it's it's weird because it's it's kind of like Matt Kent's art, but not really. I mean, it's 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 Jenkins' art, but uh, it fits with uh, with Matt Kent's. Um, I guess. Um, um, his style as a writer, his, his, his yes, his writing aesthetic. Um, uh, real briefly, it is. I liked it, Tom, enough to buy issue two. Um, it's a, uh, it's kind of a buddy cop supernatural thriller. There's a little bit of seven in here. There's a little bit of um oh what's the the Ethan Hawke and uh Denzel Washington will training day. It's these are uh um two uh treasury officers because they're secret service, right? So they're two treasury officers that are in the first year of of working for the department this is where the kind of big suspension of disbelief comes in is that there is a case that they give to the new to the new agents and no one has ever solved it and actually some agents have gone insane mm-hmm. uh, for, for for 
following this case and you have whenever you come into the tournament you have a year to solve it and no one has ever solved it and it's about this um, yeah it is an hr nightmare um so that's kind of the people keep going crazy why do we keep giving it to people we should just keep let me get this straight uh this case has made people go insane. insane. Yes. And you keep giving it to them? <laughs> so it's a weird setup. But oh, it's great. Still, another one of these yeah. cursed cases. <laughs> it's my third this month. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it's got it's got the good buddy, you know, cop movie vibe going on, and it's a little bit of a horror story. And so they're they're trying to track down this fear case. It is a box, and they don't know what it is, but it's at the center of you know multiple um, you know homicides and massacres and horrible things, kind of like throughout history. And it keeps popping up and moving around the 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 planet and i don't know why the treasury department as this is a case another thing that's a little weird um but uh but yeah so they 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 track down where the case might actually be and there's like this weird hundred bullets thing about it it's uh if you have the case the only way to get rid of it is to give it to the person that you hate most in the world and if you wait more than three days it will destroy the person that you love the most in the world it's 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 a weird comic um a lot of a lot of rules a lot of rules it's a lot <laughs> yes yes it is like a 90s horror movie it yeah. is a lot of rules and but uh yeah i you know it's still i I can say at the end of the at the end of the issue, I enjoyed it. It's weird. It's kind of macabre. It's it's a lot of different things. Uh, making sense is not one of them, but it's it's an enjoyable little read as long as you're okay getting past a few of those things. Good, I would say good, not great. I, I'll 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 definitely check back in on it though. I think. Are you getting the next issue? Um, this might be a, 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 a wait for the, for the trader on it. So, oh my God, I think Matt Kent is like, I, he, he, loves, well, no, but he, I, I think he obviously loves like urban legends and yes. like, you know, like um, American myth kind of stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. everything, if you look at like his body of work. It, it, he he likes cr- sort of creating these almost like uh paul you know paul bunyan sort of histories and and characters and things and this kind of fits in it in a in a horror way where it's like this this thing has existed for centuries and maybe in and people have been investigating the fear case forever and and even as, as weird and as odd and unlikely as it is there's something charming about the way that Kent, you know, is able to tell stories like this. It's, it's, it's certainly not realistic, but it's, um, it's like mysteries at the museum with Matt Kent. Yeah. 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 That's a really (laughs) accurate description. It's yeah. It's like, it's, it takes you to like, there's something I'm trying to think of it. Like, like almost like penny, uh, what were they called? Pen, uh, uh, the old West books, uh, Penny Dreadful. Like, like Penny Dreadfuls or like, you know, um, just like real cheap. Not, and I, and I, don't, I mean this in a good way. He, you know, like the stuff he makes is like, like really super genre fiction. Yeah. Like the pulse. Like, yeah. like pulps and and penny dreadfuls and that kind of thing and it's like almost like cheap throwaway fiction you know in in a way where it's just like yeah just just enjoy it for what it is don't try and like overanalyze it or don't try and like compare it to anything else it's just like it's just going to be a story and it's self-contained yeah. in its own world and and don't Stor- worry stories of oddities yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's a it's it's 
I don't, you know, like I said, there's something urban legendy about all the stories he does. There's that has that feel of like the biggest ball of twine, you know, or the, or the, you know, like <laughs> the, curse, a, the curse behind the world's largest yeah, ball of twine. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, I love. I love yeah. that stuff. I love, yeah. you know, that all that kind of stuff. And it's just, yeah. but and this, he's, and he is actually a very good writer. I love his dialogue. His care. He makes really good, believable characters in a very short amount of time. I mean, two pages into this book, and you know who these two, yeah, who these two guys are, and and just and it doesn't even show. It's basically through through a few lines of dialogue, you get a really good sense from a what would normally be thought of as a throwaway, co- you know, conversation about coffee. You get to know who these two guys are, and it's really really well done. I feel like he, um, like he's starting to to build into like a almost like a Brubaker esque writer where he can kind of tell you any kind of story he wants and you know it's going to be solid. It's you know what I mean? Like no he can kind of go I mean Brubaker obviously has really, you know, gone into the crime stuff, but the noir kind of thing, but I mean even within that, he tells Stories in different eras, stories in different types of, you know, whether it's Old West, whether it's in California, whether it's New York, that kind of thing. And and Kent, I feel like he's getting to that level of like, you know, it's his work, you know, it's going to be good. You know, it's almost like an automatic and but it's it's going to be something different. Like he goes even weirder and stranger, but mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's grounded too. like there's something about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Matt's work a lot. He also, I just saw um, his uh, Kickstarter is going to end up being the uh, largest pre-sell comic in like the modern era. What? What? What is that? I don't even uh, know what it is. Circer? Uh, it's Keanu Reeves. Oh, it's, it's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That he's doing with Keanu Reeves. It's, it's okay. some ridiculous number of of pre-sales that they now have. It's Keanu Reeves. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, it's kind of the Keanu Reeves effect. Yeah, so, a little, a little bit. Uh, I actually did. Uh, uh, Matt Kent uh, designed he with a with a uh, board game designer did a mind management board game that I backed on oh. Kickstarter probably about a year ago, knowing that it wasn't going to release until, until, uh, 2021. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the mind management board game. It was pretty cool. <laughs> we got to get back on our Kickstarter, kicking out the jams. We haven't gotten enough good Kickstarter recommendations from yeah. people. We're going to kick out some jams. Hey, I got a couple of uh, comments here. If we want to okay. just sure. Them real quick uh the first one's from andy jewett we know so you guys rock got a jet though i will watch the rest later always good to see and hear you three he's so, such a good guy yeah i haven't seen andy in a long time but old old ac og og ac og og ac for sure and then uh wayne muset muso muset love the show guys well, thanks, so thank Wayne. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. We love that you love the show. Yeah, we love the love the interaction uh, during the live streams. Just so everyone knows that uh, we do record the uh, the show live on Tuesdays about eight o'clock Central Standard Time. You can check that out on the Facebooks and YouTube and Periscope and Salk and Twitch. Twitch. We're on the Twitch. That's good. Um, it's then released. Uh, if you're listening to this, then you know it's released as a uh, an audio podcast later. And uh, we've talked uh, a lot about the Patreon stuff uh, tonight, but you can go to patreon.com slash around comics and check that out. Uh, it's $5 a month for just uh, a, a, an avalanche of awesome content that we're throwing out. Load of content. So I think. Much. Yeah. So much that that my wife has said that is too much content for that. Why? You, she's like, you need to pay. I pay fifteen dollars a month to my romance novel Patreon podcast. Romance novel podcast. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, on. yeah, I know. 
we're not we're not in that in that league with the with the romance podcast but um, i uh, i did want to mention something and now i forgot what it was god damn it senile man i'm i'm turning 50 in a couple of days man, and senior moments falling apart what's happening i don't i don't even know yeah <laughs> it wasn't Patreon. it was something else but i i'm lost a all oh, right, are watching the show on YouTube. Please hit subscribe and uh, and the like button. It does like help. and subscribe. Like, it, it helps, <laughs> yeah, like and yeah. helps the algorithm so more people will find the show. Uh, I don't think that was it. I had something else, and now I can't. God damn it! I, this is really pathetic. I, I cross Alazar. <sighs> it's not good. It's not good. See, I'm, I'm I'm sharp tonight. I'm on the wagon. I'm off the juice. Off mm-hmm. the juice. You were on the juice Sunday, I believe. I could, I could, I can always tell. When yeah. <laughs> Sunday at six o'clock, Chris was. Yeah, I was, I was. I was like, <laughs> let's talk about Wandavision. Um, Let me yeah. tell you about the vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a drink since then. Oh so, well, that's oh. yeah. Two days. Wow! Congratulations. I know. <laughs> Did you get your coin? <laughs> it's, been, it's a long time for me, Sal. It's been a long time. As I finished my Tom Collins. Mm-hmm. Sit here and have my tea. Um, oh, I, I can't remember. There was something I wanted to bring up. Um, son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember it'll, now. It'll, it'll, something I wanted to tell the listeners, and I can't uh, remember what it was. Yeah. Emails, emails at info around comics.com. Ask us your questions, give us your comments, whatever. We love uh, chit chatting about that. Ask us silly questions and we'll give you uh, um, silly and not so silly answers. Uh, I think that's it. We got is that. Is that it, guys? So. Uh, you can buy shirts and hats and, 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 and stuff like that from around comics.com slash shop. Still not what I wanted to say, but I did remember that too. Well, keep throwing pitches at them. I had a fucking <laughs> damn it. Well, hopefully you'll remember by Tuesday because next. that next Tuesday, because that's when we'll be back to talk about more comics and comics culture. Remember. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around, and around comics. Comics. Oh, shit. I got to do the. Uh, Wow. Wow. You are, you are having senior moments. It's been a long couple of days. Uh, a long 50 years, man. But yeah. Thanks.